Christmas is the story of a promise. A promise from God to man that what was broken when Adam and Eve fell would be fixed. In fact, the first mention of Christmas in the Bible comes earlier than you might think. In Genesis 3.15, God tells the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. That was the first promise that the curse would be undone. The relationship between God and man that was broken will be repaired. Not by a king, a prophet, a warrior, or a priest, but by a child, the Son of God himself, in a way so amazing that it is like, as author Sally Lloyd-Jones described it, the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. For all the bright lights and smiling faces, Christmas is about people who need to be rescued. People who have struggles, problems, and brokenness so real that only the appearance of a Savior could fix it. Christmas is a promise for us. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let men. Mm-hmm.
So the promise was going to be fulfilled. The one prophesied about and foretold for centuries was finally coming. And almost nobody noticed. Maybe because he was not born to the powerful, the rich, or the educated. God was coming into the world, and he was doing it in the family of two scared, poor, overwhelmed kids. Matthew 1, 18-25 This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, 
because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The religious people didn't even care. The scholars easily answered the foreign travelers' questions about where the Messiah was to be born, but couldn't be bothered to go see things for themselves. The king was only interested in making sure to keep his power, so much so that Joseph and Mary had to flee to Egypt with the newborn Jesus to escape his violent wrath. The king of kings began life as a refugee. Some people did notice, but they were no more impressive in stature than the poor kids in the barn having this baby on their own. Luke 2, 8-14 to And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Shepherds weren't exactly well-regarded members of society, but they got the message first. Jesus would go on to say things like, Whoever wants to be first should be last, and whoever loses their life will find it. He was upsetting the order of the world from the beginning, the news of his birth coming not to scholars or rulers, but to the misfits and the outcasts. The promise of Christmas and the promises held in Christmas were on full display. It starts with illegal immigrants fleeing for their lives and manual labor in the middle of the night. A couple bunking down in a parking lot cause they've got nowhere else to go. No, they have not. In the
Joy to the World wasn't written about Christmas? Hymnist Isaac Watts wrote it about Christ's second coming. I suppose it makes sense. Both Christmas and Jesus' final return are part of the same promise. That God will fix all that is broken. That everything sad is going to, as J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, come untrue. Christmas was a fulfillment of that promise but also an indicator of more to come. Revelation 21, 1-4 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. What's wonderful and powerful about Christmas is that it's the reminder that even though we still live in what the Apostle John calls the old order of things, 
that the end of that is coming. God will come down to rescue his people once and for all. We know he will because he's done it before. stumble in the night Lord did you forget about us are you gonna make this right is this how we always will be this what we'll always do? Do we have a hope of changing? Can we ever come to you? Wash, make us clean Oh, come down and change everything Heal broken hearts Give us reason to sing Oh, come down and change everything Lord, what do you have to offer? Those who've lost all that's inside Our other plans have been exhausted We're too tired to make this right Would you take our hands and guide us Lost her way so long ago Fill our hearts, Lord, and allow us To trust you and bring us all back home Back home Undo our own Wash me change everything heal broken hearts give us reason to sing oh come down and change everything undo our wrong wash make us clean oh come down change everything heal broken hearts give us reason to sing oh come down and change everything